Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And today's show is really special because what we're going to be talking about today is inspiration and healing. I'm talking about recovery today and I'm interviewing three lovely ladies and discussing their recovery and what has occurred in their life since narcissistic abuse. So I think this show is a very, very important one for people to listen to that are still struggling in the throes or the aftermath or trying to recover trying to get the narcissist out of their head and their heart and their pain and wondering how on earth you crawl out of this big black tunnel, see the light and start creating the life that you really want to live. So I'm really excited about this show and what I would really love everybody to do out there that listens to this show, please post it on social media, let other people access it And if you know of people that are really struggling and think there is no hope for me, I can't see a way out, please pass it on to them. Pass the link around so people can listen to this. Because this is really, this is about the result. This is about the result that we want to seek, that we want to get. So in this show today, these are interviews with ladies who have been suffering from narcissistic abuse and found their way to empowered recovery as a result of accessing vibrational and belief system healing, which is such a key to recovery. So we're going to find out today the difference that was experienced with these ladies as opposed to contemplative cognitive therapy, which they were trying, which may be things like counseling or other things, and how the empowered solutions have made the difference. So the chat room is open today if anybody would like to be in the chat room. Now also too, if anybody has a question for any of these ladies that you would like to ring in on, you certainly can. And the number is for USA listeners, 347-989-1262. For Australian listeners, it's 00111-347-989-1262. And if you're dialing in from anywhere else outside of those two countries, you just need to dial your exit code and put a 1 in front of the 347 number and you'll get through. Okay, so without further ado, what I'd like to do, I'd like to introduce you to Laurie from, she's from Canada. And so hi Laurie, thank you. Welcome, welcome for coming on the show. Hi Melanie, how are you? I'm great, I'm really, really good. Really good, thank you. Yeah, we're having rain over here. I know that you've had a lot of rain over there, but uh, we've had some rain today. We haven't had rain for a couple of weeks, so it's actually a pretty good thing. You've probably had far too much over there. Uh, We've had enough for a while, yes. We had a hurricane last Sunday and then a tropical storm 
um, today, which is really strange in our climate, but we've had enough rain for a while. But oh it's better my than snow. <laughs> yes, it's yes. It's better than snow. I'll take rain over snow any time. Yes. <laughs> we don't have snow out here. We have snow. Well, in Victoria, we really, well, most of Australia, we don't. Only sort of on the high Alps you get some snow. But, uh, yeah, snow's a real sort of phenomenon. I think I've only ever seen snow about two or three times, and I guess you've seen more than you want to see. Yeah, we see a whole lot of it for many months. It's coming again soon. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. So, Laurie, the reason you're on this show, and thank you so much for, uh, you know, wanting to come on the show and wanting to discuss your situation. And, you know, Laurie, how long ago was it? Because I forget. This is what I'm doing day in, day out. How long ago was it that we met? You and I, um, or that I found your site. Um, You and I first started to email each other, I think, Probably the beginning of July, and it's now the beginning of September, so a couple of months ago. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Laurie, I'd love you to share with the listeners, what were the details of your narcissistic relationship? You know, how bad was it? Where were you at the at the breakup stage? If you could share that. Sure. Um, the relationship lasted a year and, and started fast and furiously, and I thought that I had met someone that I'd known my entire life. Um, we clicked right away, and it was wonderful. We had lots of things in common, and I thought, wow, this is even better than my marriage ever was. I was married for 12 years and divorced for six when I met this man. And it, it moved along very quickly, and I remembered saying to myself, it's going a little faster than I would like. And at one point I remembered saying, he's more important than he should be in my life but I was so thrilled and trusted him more than I should have that I I kept going and the whole stages of um, what's the beginning called not devalue and discard is the end and the beginning is idealization you know we each thought each other was wonderful he of course found parts of me that I didn't even think were wonderful and he did of course and um, we moved in together after four months which was faster than I ever expected to do I have strong rules about that, but I found myself breaking those rules when I was in the relationship with him, doing things that I would never normally have done because I was so excited. Um, And a couple of months after we moved in, things started to shift. I can't explain to you how I felt it. It just felt different. He was different. His behavior was different. He wasn't home as much. He wasn't as interested in being with me as much, we weren't as intimate as we were, and when I would question him on it, of course, I was crazy, right? And then the devaluing started to happen where I didn't seem as important, and he would get impatient, and I, when that started to happen, I started to panic, because I thought, wow, I'll just try harder, and things will get better, and we'll go to counseling together, and things will get better, and I called it the dance, now that I look back, and I thought the harder and faster I danced, the better it would be. And, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. When I look back now, I danced through the whole thing because I don't think I realized that I was looking to him for validation. I do now, of course. Mm, mm. But at the time, I don't think I realized it. And any time anyone after, lives through a divorce, you lose some confidence. You just do, right? You don't think that you're mm. as attractive as you were. You don't think you're as smart as you were. It feels like a failure. 
Mm. And so when he came along and thought I was wonderful, he was giving me back parts of myself that I thought I'd lost and couldn't find on my own. Mm. It's changing now. (laughs) And so the panic set in, and I worked overtime, and, and he would come back for a little bit of time, emotionally, I mean, and then be gone again, and would say certain things in therapy that things would change, and nothing was sustainable, nothing would change forever. And my gut was telling me that there were other people in the picture. I could not put my finger on it, but I don't think he was faithful toward the end. And he would flare, and his anger would flare, and all of those things were very new. And I considered myself very intelligent and very empowered at the time and very able to explain what I needed. But I also felt like I was I was fading away. And I couldn't get a handle on Lori anymore. I would wake up in the morning and make my bed and say to myself, you have to do something. You don't feel like yourself. You don't feel um, like you're in your skin anymore. I was starting to vibrate all the time. I was starting to not eat. I was starting to not sleep. Until he would give me a little snippet of attention or love again, and then I was fine for a while. And then he would stop and I'd go, uh, panicky again and work overtime and then I get a little bit more and it was kind of like the rat going after reinforcement that wasn't consistent yes. and it made me crazy um, and it reminds me of I don't know if you've ever heard a story of, of a frog if you put a frog in in cold water and you turn the heat up very slowly the frog doesn't jump out it dies but if you put a frog in boiling water, it jumps out, right? And I think a narcissistic relationship is like the warming up very slowly of the frog and dying. You don't feel it. It's very yes. it's very subtle until it isn't anymore. Yes. Yes. And I didn't feel like I could get out. I, I, was, I mean, he was living with me. I have a 13-year-old son. He was bonded to him, and I thought, I'm crazy. You know, if I just continue to try hard, then things will work out. But I reached the point where... I had family and friends noticing that I was changing and I, I wasn't myself. And my brother, thank God, said to me, how many hits over the head do you need before you realize this isn't good anymore? And I finally, one night, a year in, said to the man, I can't do this anymore. And at first he tried to reconnect and I went back to him. And that happened for a couple of weeks until I realized it just wasn't it wasn't real. It, the, the whole thing felt like a dream. Oh my god! And, and I let him go. But then I was told I was going to regular therapy at that point myself, and I was told you'll feel better now. It's over. You'll feel better now. But it felt like a, a tsunami hit me. I didn't feel better at all. Mm. I felt I felt worse than ever ever after. And and I know now you call it. Um, what's the word that you use for the aftershock? Aftershock. Yeah. It was terrible. I mean, then, I thought I was vibrating before. Then, he was never around, and I couldn't get any random reinforcement, right? And any validation that I was giving myself, I'd given away. So I was waiting for a phone call. I was hoping I would see him, and of course, that wouldn't have been good anyway. And I wasn't understanding what no contact was then. I hadn't done any reading about narcissism yet. And I remember one night, a couple of, a month or so after we split, he asked to speak on Skype. And we live 15 minutes away, so I found it very strange, but I agreed to it, of course. And he sat on Skype and he said to me, do you still love me? And I said, 
of course. I've been with you for a year. Of course I love you. And he said, oh, isn't that wonderful? You still love me? That's great. And I said, and you? And he said, oh, no, I'm tactile, and if, if you're gone and you're not beside me, it all melts away. As soon as I moved out three weeks ago, a month ago, all the feelings for you disappeared. And it was that moment I said, now, Lori, you have to take that. He's telling you the truth. He's telling you what you've been feeling for months. You have to take that, and believe it or not, that's his true self. All of the other stuff was so hard to swallow that that wasn't him. This was what you've been yes. feeling, and you're not crazy. That's it now. And before I even knew what narcissism was, I promised myself I would not contact him again or let him contact me. Yes. And I cut off friendship on Facebook, and I blocked emails. And then I started to read, and I would stay up till 3 in the morning reading. And I, I go to work to teach every day, so from... The spring until the end of the school year here in Canada, and it ends in mid-June. I wasn't getting much sleep. I wasn't anyway, but I was on the path to hunger of information. I had to figure out what had happened. I couldn't make sense of it. Yes. And I read and I read and I read, and I wasn't, I wasn't getting satisfaction. I was still going to therapy, and she kept saying, look, you'll be fine. Don't worry about this. It's, it's all going to be fine. And I thought, no, it's not going to be fine because I, I have to figure out what happened. And all of a sudden, one night, I think it was around the middle of May or the end of May, must have been the end of May, your name came up in a a website search. I think I had written something like uh, recovery from relationship or something like that. And your name came up, and I thought, okay. And I started to read, and I started to read, and I started to read, and I thought, oh, my God. He was a narcissist. I'm not insane. Yes. And it, it was so validating. All of all of your checklists and and your articles and all of that were so validating. And then I saw that you had this prescriptive program that I could get and follow. And I felt like I needed someone to tell me, take this step. Okay, read this, fill this out, and see if you'll feel better. And what was great was it, it, there was uh, a promise that if I didn't feel better, I could let you know. And, it, you know, there was no risk involved, right? And so yes. that was wonderful because I thought, you know, you live in Australia. I live in Canada. I don't know anything about you. Yes. I'm already burnt. <laughs> Who is this woman who says she yes. knows what she's talking about? But I tried it, and I started to feel more like Lori. I missed Lori so much. It was awful. Yes. And I started to feel more like Lori slowly. I was still vibrating. I was still not eating very well. But I didn't feel quite as crazy because I really did feel insane for a while. Um, and so how long did it take when you were trying to recover, you right. know, when you were trying the therapy and you were doing all of the reading, how long was that going on for before, you know, you started accessing the vibrational work? Oh, well, I'd gone to therapy for years, right? After the divorce, I started to go to therapy thinking, of course, I've got it all together now. I'm fine. I'm going to start dating again. I waited a year to date after after the divorce and did not make great choices all the way through that. I would say for five years I did not make great choices. And, and this man was not my first narcissist, I must say, now that I know. But he was the wolf. Yes. He was the, the biggest impact on me. So yes. years. Absolutely. To answer your question, years. Okay. Years. Okay. I, I, I've always believed in reading and self-help and meditation and all of that. I've never done any vibrational work officially before. 
And so the reading was starting to help, but I started to email you, right, um, in June, yeah. asking questions, and I, I was wondering if you could answer things. And then you offered this vibrational therapy, and, and I was skeptical, you have to know that, at the beginning, and I thought, Everybody first is, of all, really. par- pardon me? Virtually everybody is, because yeah. it's not a tangible, normal thing. And also when people do it, they're they're pretty broken, right? So their their trust is broken anyway. My trust in people was shattered at this point. So anyone who was coming along, I was I was very skeptical. And I thought, look, I'll try it. And once again, you offered this look. If it doesn't work, you let me know. Okay, <laughs> what do I have to lose? Um, and yeah, I that's right because there's the full money back guarantee on it. That exactly. if you don't get the results, you get your money back. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And you said you'll you'll feel better, and I thought, okay, let's give it a shot, right? Because yes. traditional therapy, which is is not at all cheap in Canada anyway, for years, if you add it all up together, was not working. And working on yes. myself was fine, but I, I was reaching out for some professional help, and you seem to absolutely have lived it and done the journey. So I said, okay, yes. let's try it, and we skyped, right? My last. Um, uh, experience with Skype was not wonderful with him, so you repatterned that, and it was amazing. I, I hadn't been sleeping for about three months, and I wasn't eating very well, as I said, and I was vibrating internally, and and I would pick up a pencil to write, and the pencil would shake, and I thought, my God, I'm losing my mind. And we talked that night, and I shifted, and I slept that night all night for the first time in three months. And then was much more able to access the healing, even in the reading that I was doing and the journaling that you were leading me through. I was able to go deeper into those thoughts because I couldn't scratch the surface for all of the pain, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I was trying to get deeper, but I spent so much time crying and shaking. How can you recover then? How can you get to the depth of the reason behind it? And so absolutely, the the quantum freedom healing was the beginning of a massive shift. And we've done a number of sessions together now in a couple of months, right? Yes, yes. Four or five, I'd say. And yeah, I'm a, yep, I'm right. a different person. Pardon me? Yes, that's right. Yes, we've done four sessions so far. Okay. And I'm a different person now. Um, I, I am now on, finished the Narcissist Abuse Repo- Recovery Program and have started your empowerment e-course, and I'm around the middle of that, and look forward, finally, for the first time in a really long time, to coming home alone at night. Hated to do that. I have a 13-year-old, but when he goes to bed, I used to love to get on the phone with friends or to talk to this man that I lived with or just fill my time with connectedness with others because I hated being by myself. And now I love it. I look forward to it. And I journal, and I read, and I... I just be, <laughs> and I couldn't do that. Wow! Before. So, so if you could explain, you know, the difference to people, because this is the big message that that I'm really passionate about getting forward, and the reason is, you know, from a very personal level within myself, I know that when I knew about narcissism, and I was going to a therapist, I was actually going to one of the best personality disorder specialists in Australia or in Victoria that specialised in handling uh, the recovery of people with narcissists. 
And I was actually given the same message, which mm-hmm. at the time she said, look, you've got it, you've understood it. And those were the times when I did leave. You know, you've got it, you've got it straight, you're honouring yourself, you're going to be better now, you're going to be fine. And she'd even talk to me about, you know, well, you could start dating, you could do this, you could do that. But definitely none of the aftershock was covered. You know, so no. when uh, aftershock hit me every single time, it, I was just I was just shattered. I was suicidal. I was just, you know, and, and I was getting worse and worse and worse. And... I w- look, it was just meant to be, but I discovered vibrational healing. I discovered it, put it together, and and then made it a lifestyle for me, made it, you know, it's it's like if something is just stuck in me and my mind can't manage it, vibrationally shift it, and then there's nothing for my mind to manage. I'm where I'm meant to be, vibrationally, emotionally, because really the words vibration, uh, emotion, feelings, they're all interchangeable. They're all the same thing, and they're all connected to our belief systems. So, so Laurie, the difference—if you could explain it to people that are really, you know, virgins to this—and I was, and you were—what's the difference between normal therapy and this therapy? Do you mean in in the actual mechanics of it, or in how I feel after? How you feel, I guess. Okay. You know, what the shift. Okay. I I think for me, and I can only speak for myself, traditional therapy I thought was wonderful, and I I still believe in it in in some ways for some people, but I think it was still external validation. It was still going to her and saying, this is my story, am I okay? Am I really okay? Am I okay? Please tell me I'm okay because I don't feel okay. And she would tell me I was okay in different ways and for different reasons, and I would leave and I'd be okay for sometimes five minutes, (laughs) sometimes half a day, sometimes a week, but it always came roaring back, and I wasn't okay. Um, And with the vibrational healing, I'm, I'm coming to understand that all of this has happened, and it took a long time for me to swallow this, all of this has happened because I'm learning that I'm okay anyway. And that no matter what gets shot my way, and life is all about getting things shot your way, right? That you you yes. do, in fact, choose the journey. You do, in fact, choose those experiences so that you're brought back to yourself. And, and I was brought back to Lori, and it took a long time to swallow that. I could not swallow that I chose this wolf for myself or went through it so that I could understand how empowered I really am. And I, therapy never brought me that. But the shifts did, and you kept reminding me through the shifts, remember that you are the truth. You are yourself, and you don't have to trust anybody else. You just have to trust yourself. And I'm working on that. It's not 100% there for sure, but it's much, 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 much better. And I started school a couple of weeks ago teaching, and colleagues are saying, you feel different. (laughs) And I laugh to myself, really, because I know I am. Really, how do I feel different? And they can't really define it for me, but they sense that I feel different. And I know I am, because people don't matter as much, not in a negative way, but I used to be so rocked by people's anger or the way people felt. I was very in tune with other people's energy, and I would take it on. And I don't do that anymore. Like you talked about at one point, hoping that you would never be as empathetic as you used to be, and I completely understand that. I'm still empathetic, but to me, empathy meant taking on their problems and trying to fix them. Mm. And I can't do that. Everybody has their own journey, and I have mine, and I, I can certainly feel for them and support them and 
and adore them, but I don't have to take it on. I can't. It has to be their journey. And that's never happened before. And and it's also, it's also about boundaries, right? Learning all of those boundaries is all a part of the quantum freedom healing, too. That I, And I really think my boundaries were pretty loose. <laughs> I'm not sure they existed at all. I like to think that they did. But if I broke all those rules to get validation from him, my boundaries were pretty loose, right? Yes, yes. And and most women we weren't we weren't taught boundaries. And we've been very conditioned to give up boundaries. So it is so important to come back to boundaries. Boundaries are everything. They really are. So when you started the quantum freedom healing the vibrational work, mm-hmm. how long did it really take before you had a sense of freedom from the agony and the torment? How long did it take? Well, I, I don't think it was how long did it take. I think it was a growing kind of, and I, I live in Canada, so forgive the analogy. It was like a growing snowball for me. And so the first quantum freedom healing, I definitely felt different, um, but I still wanted to do some more work. And I, I, I did more work with the e-course, and I continued to journal and continued to figure things out. And the next quantum freedom healing, I felt more and more and more. And I can't tell you an exact date. It just grew each time. And now I'm at the point where about a month ago I would have wanted to look him up online and see if I could find pictures of him or try to search for him on Facebook and see what he was doing. Or he was still in my head. He was still in my energy field. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, And now he's not. I wish him well. I, I was very angry at him for a long time, and I'm not now. I wish him well, and I and I realized that he he brought a a gift of my understanding what I needed to do for myself. And when you reach that gift point, I think it's important. It takes a while to get there. So, the quantum freedom healing each time allowed me to grow internal strength and say I'm really okay. And now I remember the pain, but I don't feel it anymore. It's like you're standing outside observing it, but it's just no longer your reality. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It feels like a different person lived it. Um, exactly. And I know it was, it's I know like it was me. It's a memory of a memory. Yeah, it's a memory, and I know it was me, and if I try really hard, which I really don't want to do, but I'd have to try really hard to feel it, mm. um, and that requires a great deal of effort now, whereas before I had to try really hard to get into the shower and wash my hair because that was everything was painful at the beginning everything you know making dinner was torture doing laundry was torture i just could not get this man out of my brain and you know i'm a teacher and a single mother so it it was very hard to do day-to-day tasks and i remember the therapist one day said before i had connected with you why don't you go home and do something for yourself and i thought i can't i don't even remember how to do that anymore she said, what about a bath? And I thought, oh, my God, no, that's threatening. You know, that's that's too vulnerable. I can't get into a bath. So are you kidding? Just, no. And that really is, Laurie, that's the post-traumatic stress disorder, which yes, really yes. is a compli- complicated traumatic stress disorder. And when you've been with a narcissist, you are wrapped with it. And, so you know, that's a really interesting thing because contemporarily, 
the, the contemporary belief and in contemporary therapy, a lot of uh, therapists don't even pick that up and they don't even talk to you about it. But even if they do, that's meant to take years of recovery. That really is. But when you do the vibrational shift work, you come out of that. Well, and it's interesting, you know, in, in where I live, you can order groceries online, which I did at that point because I couldn't go to the grocery store. It was too big. Um, yeah, meeting exactly. people on the street. I have a dog. I have a dog. I couldn't walk my dog because walking around the block, the neighborhood felt massive. I thought, I just want to be in my house, in my bed, which is so not me. I mean, I'm social and I'm gregarious and I love people and I hated myself to start with. I was so angry at myself that I missed all of the cues. I kept saying, Lori, you're such an idiot. You should have known better. But now I know there was a reason for it all. I had to live that to get to where I am now. But years of therapy did not get me past that point. No, no. The the vibrational healing in, what, two months? Absolutely did. And it happened very quickly. As I say, I slept for the first time in three months the first night we did it. Yes. And woke up up much more peaceful, too, which was huge. You know, I used to wake up and your eyes would open and the first 30 seconds of your consciousness it would hit and I'd say, (gasps) Oh, it's true. It's real. Oh, my God. And you'd have to live it all. And the night after that first healing, I woke up and thought, okay, it's real, but you're all right. Keep going. One foot in front of the other. You're fine. And I believed it. So big difference. Laurie, I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled with where you've come. And, and Laurie, you're a great example what I love about Laurie, I was the same, you know, we discussed that before we came on here today, I was the same, you know, when I discovered a way through, I grabbed it with both hands. Oh. And for the first time in my life, I made my inner self a complete mission. And the, the results when we do that are astounding. And that's what Laurie's doing. You, you know, you have fully committed to yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, in the past when a relationship would break up, um, I would take some time, but I was always wondering, now when I get back with someone else, I'll feel better. And this time, I just want to be with Lori and work through all of this. And I know one day a partner will come. I fully believe that, but I'm not ready now. I'm so enjoying this self-empowerment journey. I'm, I'm not ready. And it used to be panic to get back out there as quickly as I could heal. And I never healed. That's the problem. So, yay. Beautiful. Lori, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing that. I, I think pleasure. that's going to be very, very inspirational for people that can relate to your story and to give them hope and knowing that there is a way out. Yeah, and don't be afraid of it. It's it's scary at first, you know, because it's unknown, but don't be afraid of it. You've lived more scary things than this. This is the the other side of this is actually wonderful. So walk through it. Thank you, Lori. My You've pleasure. Been beautiful and and um, yeah, and we'll be talking tomorrow for another session. We will. Yay! And I thank you wait. for all your help. Take care. You're welcome, darling. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye now. Bye bye. Okay, so the next uh, the next interview that is actually going to be with a lady called Juliet, Juliet, who was on a free Corner Air healing about a month or so ago. You can actually look that up if you go to my website. You can have a look at the media page, sorry, the radio page, and you'll see a free Corner Air healing, the last one, uh, and that was Juliet.
But this was a pre-recording I did last night, and this is a little bit of a disclaimer. It was very, very late in Australia, and there's a lot of uh, me being very, very tired in it. There's a lot of you knows, and um, I think I was leading the way, and Juliet was it was joining in with that. But the information is still definitely there. So I'm actually going to put on that pre-recording now uh, before our next guest. But this is now Juliet and the interview that we did last night. Hi everyone, you know this is a pre-record that uh, Juliet and I have doing in regard to Juliet's recovery and how she's been going on with her recovery and dealing with her getting through her uh, narcissistic abuse and where she's come with that. And I'm going to bring Juliet on. You might have remembered Juliet and Juliet actually did a free on-air corner freedom healing with me. And that was done a little bit over a month ago. And, you know, Juliet definitely has experienced a lot through her healing and her recovery and vibrational healing. So I'm just going to say hi to Juliet. Juliet, are you there? I am. I'm here. Hi, Mel. Hi, Juliet. You know, you're, this is, uh, you know, people... Yeah, it's lovely to have you on again, Juliet. You're becoming a little bit of a feature on this show, which is I lovely. <laughs> it's good and you got me today because I've actually got a day off today, so yeah, I'm at home. It's, <laughs> that's great. That's great, darling. I'm really glad, and it's uh, meant to be. And you know, the reason that um, I'm bringing Juliet on the show, and actually, this is a pre-record because Juliet's in the UK, and the UK is nine hours behind uh, Melbourne time, so we're actually pretty late in the night. This is, uh, you know, everybody will be listening to this tomorrow. This is a pre-record, so um, you know, you're part of the feature show tomorrow, which is going to be today when people are listening to it tomorrow but uh, and it's about you know this feature show is about recovery from narcissistic abuse and Juliet you've been a really really good example because you know um, well look you know you just start off by telling people you know people who, who did listen to the uh, corner healing on air they would have definitely have got a vibe of you know where you're at and where you've come from but some people might be listening to this show for the first time so Juliet, just, you know, at the start of where you were at, you know, after the ending of the relationship with the narcissist, if you can just, you know, explain where you were at and how you were feeling and what led you to wanting to seek some help and relief and some information. Yeah. Um, oh, well, it's, it's, it's been a good eight months now since the end of the relationship and I have to say I was, I was broken, you know, just... I didn't think I could go on um, just completely and utterly, you know, at my wits' end with it all. I uh, didn't know which way to turn. Um, uh, basically, I'd, I'd known for a long time things weren't right. I was constantly sort of uh, questioning myself about what my part was in it. I was always made to feel as though everything that had gone in a relationship had been my fault. Um, which I knew deep down that wasn't true, but they make you feel that way anyway. Um, but uh, I just got to the point where enough was enough. I had to find answers. Um, at that point, I didn't even hadn't even heard about narcissism, and um, basically, I'd gone onto the internet, uh, typed in a few little things about the way that my ex-narc had been behaving and what have you, 
and this this narcissism thing came up and um went into it and everything about narcissism just it was just like hitting the nail on the head and that was it from that moment on i knew this is what i was dealing with i knew about suddenly sort of like was enlightened about narcissism enlightened about myself enlightened about the fact that i am a codependent um that i i desperately needed to uh, discover you know, ways of healing myself and releasing myself from all this pain. And that's when I um, found Melanie's website. And from the moment I found Melanie's website, you know, that has basically um, helped me since. And I have done some healing, as you know, on the radio program with Melanie, and that's, that, is, that was amazing. I've done the narcissistic recovery program as well. I, I, in fact, I still do it now to this day. I still go back and do programs on it when I'm feeling a little bit wobbly, which I still do. Um, but generally, I've just been so enlightened by it all. I feel a better person. People are telling me that I actually look lighter in myself. I, I look actually, people are noticing it in me. And, uh, yeah, it's just been amazing, really. I mean, I'm, I'm still recovering. I'm not saying I am recovered. I'm still in the process of doing it and, you know, and having the healings as part of the narcissistic recovery program. But, yeah. you know, I'm so much better than what I was. And I think they're really, you know, I think they're really good point. And I think, you know, where you are a really good example because when we first met, Juliet, you were very... Um, well, you really were, look. I love the fact that you've said, you know, you know. I realised I was codependent because a lot of the information or some of the information out there is very much, you know, don't be told by a psychologist or whatever that you're codependent and you know, um, there's nothing wrong with us. It's all about the narc and you know. But the healing is so so important that. And this is what I'm loving seeing on the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery page on Facebook now. You know, I was very, very adamant about putting up uh, new information on that and saying, look, this is about recovery. This is about true recovery. This is about not staying as victims and not pointing the finger out and keeping going about what he or she did and the pain of that and going on about that for months or years. It's about saying, okay, well... You know, why did this come into my life? Why have I allowed it at this level? And why did I go to the level that I did? And the answer really, really is, and, you know, we need a label. We need a word, I guess, to put on it. And the simple uh, general term that we can say is because I was a codependent. And we can take that a little bit further and say, well, I was a codependent with bad boundary function. You know, and when we can understand that, we realize that we've been trying to seek things outside of ourselves to give us ourselves and we've been trying to fix things and turn them into what we want them to be to make us feel better and healthy and safe in life and we have no control over things outside of us. We only have control over ourselves and obviously the narcissistic uh, journey when you're with a narcissist is the ultimate experience of having absolutely no control over the outside because it is so uncontrollable and out of control that the thing that we have to do is come home to healing our codependency and become a source to ourselves and fall within ourselves and release that illusion that it's somebody else's job to provide us with love, safety and uh, inner security and inner well-being. It's actually our job 
and then we can make very, very healthy choices and we can add to that with experiences and people from the outside and we can leave alone what clearly isn't that experience, let it be whatever it needs to be and just say, you know, that's not a match for me anymore. And, you know, Juliet, what I love about your experience is when you first came forward and, you know, we had some conversations over Skype and by email before you even got involved and really your big consensus, your big thing was is, well, I've never worked on myself. I don't really know how to do that. I don't know what that entails. And I don't even believe it'll work for me, you know. So, because Juliet, it, it's so true, isn't it? You'd always given to everybody else but never stopped to give to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm definitely working on now. And, you know, in a funny sort of way, I know I've been narcissistically abused, but that seems to have gone into the background now, and I'm now actually, you know, concentrating on me. You know, and that's what the difference is. Rather than, like, concentrate on everybody else and what they've done and what, you know, I actually now taking control of what I'm doing. You know, which so is how does that feel in every area of your life, not just in relation to recovering from narcissistic abuse? How does it feel now? I just feel in control. I feel all of you know. I, I you know I've not changed dramatically in my as a person. I'm still the same person as I was, but I'm I'm discovering the fact that I didn't have boundaries. There wasn't any boundaries for me. I would I would be constantly doing stuff for people that I would feel uncomfortable doing, but I'd do it. You know, but now I'm actually putting it into practice, whereas if, if somebody asks me to do something, if I don't want to do it, I won't do it. It's if I don't feel comfortable with it. Whereas before, I wouldn't have done that. I would have done it. You know, so there's all these little things that I'm that, that's changing in my life that are actually coming up every day. I sort of think, I actually sit back and think, actually, you know, I've actually said no to somebody, <laughs> you know. And how does that feel, me? knowing that you can say no and not feel guilty about it? And, you know, even though, like you said, it might be, because this is a whole new learned behaviour, you know, this yeah, is, it is. This is, it is. But how does it feel it's now scary, that you're honouring yourself more? It feels great. It feels, you know, it does. It's taken a great big weight off my shoulders because I'm, I'm aware of it now. In everything that I do, I'm sort of like made aware of it, you know, in all the decisions I make in life and it all just suddenly comes back to me, you know, and that's what I'm learning to do and it, and it is, it's great. It feels like I'm actually in control and, you know... It's, it's and what are the results been from the outside world? What have the responses been? And the results. Oh, great. People are noticing it. <laughs> People are saying to me, you know, what's going on? You know, you've seen so much lighter. You know, from what I was six months ago to where I am now, I mean, I am completely different. I was a shell six months ago. And yeah. I, now I'm like really sort of, you know, I feel like, I, you know, I am I'm me. I've started to be me and that's great. And I'm starting to actually like me rather than like, you know... Not like me very yeah, much. Yeah, that, that is great. That is great. That is so good. And look, a big part of you know this show, this special that we're doing is in regard to vibrational healing because that's you know the procedures that I discovered. That's the procedures I put on people onto, 
and they're the procedures that I facilitate because I, I do, I so believe that that is the key. So, you know, people hear me talk about it a lot, but Juliet, can you, you know, in your words, describe, you know, this, this ethereal, this sort of thing that we can't quite put because it's not a practical, logical thing, you know, the vibrational shift healing, but, you know, if you can just put in your... Sometimes I have trouble describing it. But yeah. can you in your own words do your best about, you know, what you believe when you're doing shifts or what happens to you or what the difference has been? Yeah. Okay, I mean, when I first started, I mean, as as you know, Mel, I mean, I struggled the first time I did, I think, the first program on the Narcissistic Recovery Program. And I really felt like, because I just had trouble focusing, focusing on myself, focusing on the whole thing. And I got into a bit of a panic about, oh, my goodness, this isn't going to work for me. And, you know, and I just sort of did go into panic. And I did my typical sort of analyse everything. And, you know, and then I just sort of sat back and Mel's and said, you know, just go with it. And that's exactly what I did. And since then, I've just, it's, it, it's, it's strange. It's, it's not like an instant thing. It's like this gradual you know, I mean, when I, when I went through the healings, I definitely felt like a release in a way that I felt lighter and more relaxed about things and everything else. But it wasn't like a thunderbolt out of the sky that just suddenly went, you know, oh, you're, you, you know, this has happened to you. It was like a gradual thing for me over a fairly quick period of time, if you see what I mean. You know, it's, 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 it's happened to me quite quickly. I mean, I've been going to counselling on and off for probably the last, 10, 15 years, and mm-hmm. normal counselling for me, I've just gone over and over and over the same old stuff that has done me no good. Normal cognitive sort of counselling has not helped me at all yeah. because it's just dealing what's in my head and what I know is in my head, but I haven't actually dealt with what's going on inside me, and you know, and that's the difference for me that I've actually had it's had an effect for me in my body and in in my whole um it's hard to explain but you know and i hope i'm coming across okay but um, yeah 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 you, you're yeah. doing it well you're doing it well you know it, 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 it's hard, it's hard to, explain. to explain it but it, it it definitely 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 has has uh, um changed me a huge amount you know and you know, it's just, it's, it has been amazing. And like I said before, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing the recovery. You know, there's still days when I suddenly have this little sort of like twinge of sort of uh, panic. And I just basically go and do another one of Melanie's um, healings. And it's great. And it just gets, sort of gets me back on the on the level again. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, it is it is maintenance. It is maintenance. And the thing is, too... When we're understanding about working on ourselves and vibrationally taking responsibility for not staying stuck in vibrations that are crippling us, bringing in the story around them, spiraling into the story, kicking our peptides over that are damaging our cells, that are staying stuck in our cells, getting into emotional addictions that are spiraling us down and down and down, which is what happens when you're narcissistically abused. It's a, it's an amplified experience of depression and anxiety and, and complete breakdown. So the key is, is to align with true self, 
you need to clear that stuff, that, that junk, that pollution, that pain that's in the cells of your body. And if you're not shifting it, your mind is simply trying to manage that, that emotional turmoil and that, that devastation and that your mind cannot manage your body when it's ramping at that level. You know, so what happens then is with narcissistic abuse, there are people 10, 20 years down the track that can be as bad as what they were when it first happened or actually even worse because the negative peptide addiction has gained pace. It's compounded. It's got bigger and bigger and bigger because every time we've got a particular cell in our body, it actually reproduces to twice that number of cells and it keeps reproducing. So if we've got anxiety, depression, resentment, pain... I'm unlovable, I'm no good, you know, all of those victim peptides that we can have through narcissistic abuse, they will keep reproducing, reproducing, reproducing until, you know, you, you think you're a shell, but you can end up even worse, you know, and that's why, um, you know, fatalities from narcissistic abuse, there are lots of people that suicide through narcissistic abuse. The, the, the numbers, if you actually dig and do the research and read between the lines, are horrific. I believe it's probably the biggest killer of women on the planet. Uh, also to, you know, things like drug abuse or alcohol abuse or, or even um, sexaholics or just all sorts of things, you know, any sort of addiction to try and burn off the pain or uh, also too the, the generation of a terminal disease so this is why it's so important to shift the pain out of your body out of the cells of your body because once you do that and then you come home to self which is true self which isn't that then your mind no longer has the battle of trying to manage the agony your mind just goes your mind always goes with where your body's vibrating. That's the truth. And if your body's vibrating at somewhere where your mind would rather not be, then you've got a battle between the mind and the body. And that is what rips us apart. And in, invariably, if the body pain is enough, the mind is going to cave in, try and fight, fight its way out of it, but then get pulled into the story that's going on in the body. So, you know, that's why, you know, I was the same, Juliet. You know, when I was having counselling and I was having cognitive stuff, even when I was reading all the information and things, you know, it certainly gave me some answers, but I still couldn't manage the emotional agony of it. I really couldn't get out of it. It wasn't until, you know, I, I discovered how to body shift it uh, you know, and I'm very lucky because I can do this work on myself, that it just, you know, that's when the relief, that's when the recovery started happening. So, you know, and, um, and you know, obviously, because eight months down the track is a very short amount of time. You know, there, there is a huge contemporary consensus out there that to recover from high-level narcissistic abuse, which is definitely what you were in, definitely what I was in and what most people in. There's not many um, simple garden variety narcissists. Narcissists is a high level of abuse. You're at, the, the general consensus is, is that you may have to talk it out and deprogram yourself for two years before you're going to start feeling better. Now, yeah. 
I, I just do not go along with that. And I also go along with that when we're deprogramming in that way, we're talking about it, we're staying stuck in it, we're going to a counsellor, we're doing the same story over and over and over again and it just brings up the pain and keeps the peptide addiction and the, the cellular activity at a negative level, it just keeps it going over and over again. So is that how it felt for you when you were, you know, when you were in the, the counselling session? Did you find that, you know, it was? the same discussions over and over again? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and it just put me right off it going because I just thought, oh, you know, it wasn't doing me any good. It was just over and over and over and over, and, and my, my ex-narc was loving it because he thought, oh, great, you know, it's all your problem. You're having the issues as well. You know what I mean? So it just com compounded it even more for me that, you know, it was just, just not working for me, you know. So, it, yeah. And, and I, I do believe if I hadn't found out, well, found your website, Melanie, that I just would still be in it. I, and if, in fact, I, put, I don't think I would be here because you were talking about suicide. I was so on the verge of suicide, you know, really. And, um, yeah, and that breaks you know, my heart. Finding, so many people are there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know. And I honestly, I honestly, the guilt with that as well that comes with it, you know, for my, you know, I have a son and daughter and, you know, and yeah. even I got to the point where I thought they would be better off without me, you know, and I, how many times I said that to my mother, you know, my sisters as well, that, you know, yeah. you know, my, my child would be better off without me, you know, because I just was so, so, I'd had it basically, yeah, I'd lost me completely. Yeah. Completely and utterly lost me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same. You know, and I, and I hear that all the time. I've got emails from women every day which are saying, I don't even want to go on living. You know, and, and you know, that breaks my heart. And, you know, I am just yeah. so pleased there is a way out of that. There is a way out of that to start feeling better quickly. But, you know, you and the biggest thing is you've got to work on yourself. You've got to do the work. You know, you, you've yeah. got to put yourself as number one mission. And, you know, and that's what pleases me so much, Juliet, when I hear you say that, you know, when you have a wobble, you go to it. You get to it. You know, you work at it. Because, you know, you were a lady who was professing to me... I don't think anything's going to work. You know, oh, I don't know how to work on myself. I don't even know what that means. You know, that was the last thing that you were, the way you were, that was the last thing you were going to do. Yeah. yeah. And now you're doing it. And that that is just so beautiful. That is just, you know, and that's why you're getting the results because consciousness and, you know, self-empowerment and, and making yourself a high priority is a lifestyle. It's, you know, it's something that if we want a great vibration and we want to be manifesting the right things and we want to be a shining light to ourselves and the people we love and in the world, you know, we have a responsibility. Nobody else is responsible for our vibration we are. You know, and that's the empowering stuff about it and that actually does put you in control of your life. So... 
you know, Julia, if you were, you know, going to say anything out there to inspire others that also could barely function, barely get out of bed, barely work, you don't even feel like living, you know, what would you say? Um, I completely empathise where you're at. You know, I, you know, I completely do so, so sympathise with it. Um, having been there myself, but also the fact there is a way out. This isn't the end for you. In fact, I, I look at it now as it was the beginning for me. And uh, yes, it's hard. And I was at death, I was at death's door basically. And you know, and I. And I was given the opportunity to heal myself and know know what it is about me that that was creating the problems as well. Because I know, yes, I I was abused by a narcissist, but if I hadn't been, I would still be the person I was. You know, and that's the way I look at it. And and it, and, it, and I've said before, it is like a, it has been given to me as a gift. And that some people might be in the depths of it, you know, in, in the pain and everything that you might be in at the moment, be feeling, what is she talking about? You know, you might think of it as being a bit of an insult to say that, but it is true. You know, you have to take it with both hands and say, look, this narcissist has done this to me, um, you know, but I'm not going to allow him to destroy me anymore. I know now what what... I have to do for myself yes it seemed to be like the worst possible thing to have to try and do work on myself because I was there I felt that you know but I'm doing it now and if I can do it anybody can do it that's how I look at how I see it you know that's how I see it and I would really encourage anybody to really really look at themselves and say do I want to be living this life the way I'm living it, or do I want to, you know, and it's easy, it is easy. You know, I thought when somebody said to me it was easy before Melanie used to say it was, you know, to work on yourself once you do it, it's easy. It's not, I just used to think, how can it be easy? It's the hardest possible thing in my mind, you know, to think about. But once I started and once I'd done some healings, and it just all became to flow, it began to flow for me. And like I've said before, you know, every day I see things in my life that I'll suddenly think, hold on a minute, I've just um, said, said something to somebody that I would never have said before. I've, I've sort of said, you know, no to somebody or I don't feel comfortable doing that. And I'm actually standing up for myself about what I believe to be right and, you know, and living my life for me rather than putting people in front of me, because I would do that all the time. I, you know, if somebody asked me to do something, I'd do it whether I really wanted to do it or not, and that was just the way I lived. But now I'm sort of thinking, well, actually, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. If I don't feel comfortable doing something, I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. You know, and, and, and I am in a much better place, and completely in a much better place. <laughs> I can't even describe how much better place I am, but I am. Um, I couldn't even have had a discussion like this Six months ago, I would have been in pieces. Um, you know, I am so much better. And that's really thanks to Melanie and all her work and everything. And if I hadn't found Melanie, I would still be searching and living living in what the narc has done to me. And that's exactly what he would want me to be. Absolutely, because that makes narcissists feel incredibly important. 
You know, the worst yeah. insult to a narcissist is somebody getting the gift, coming home to true self, and the narcissist not even being their reality, apart from, well, thank you for helping me find myself. That is the well, worst you know what? insult. You know, one of the, yeah. yeah, one of the last things he said to me was, I love seeing you suffer. When I was lying oh, yeah. on the floor in, in, you know, complete sort of, I was destroyed, I was, uh, you know, broken, like literally physically lying on the floor in tears. And he would laugh at me and say, you know, oh, I just love this, I love seeing you suffer. <laughs> I mean, who could say that? Well, that was a, that you know, an honest narc who's actually verbalising what every narc thinks. Yeah. So yeah. you heard it from the horse's mouth, my dear. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that from that minute on, <laughs> and in fact, that was the day that I actually confronted him with it and told him that he was an arc. <laughs> yeah. And he just sort yeah. of showed me completely that he was. And, you know, and that, that was the beginning of my healing for me as well, that, you know, I thought there's no way I'm going to let him tell me that, you know, or give him the satisfaction of seeing me broken. So... Well, you have done an amazing job and, you know, if, uh, you know, when we turn our back on the narc and get the gift and getting powerful, narcissism is no longer a reality in your universe, Juliet, you know, so this, you got the gift, you don't need to go through this lesson again and that's what this is yeah. all about. Well, Juliet, we're nearly out of time for, for your little talk and appearance here, so thank you so much for coming on again and, okay, well, thank you know, you for asking and, me. And I'm so proud of you and, you know, you warm my heart and you give me goosebumps and I'm just, you know, I just love, you know, what's happened with you. I'm just I'm just so happy for you. Oh, thanks, Melania. Thank you very much for you know, bringing me to it, really, because, uh, you know, without you, I'd just, I'd, you know, I would be still stuck. So, yeah. You're more than welcome, darling. All right. Well, have a lovely day. And um, yeah. yeah, and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you again, Dal. Bless. That's okay. Anytime. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. Okay. So now the next uh, guest that's going to be on the show is Jill from the USA. So I'm just going to bring her on. Now, Jill and I did some work a little bit of time ago. Um, and yeah, Jill, are you there? Hello, Jill, can you hear me? We're just waiting for Jill to come on, so that's okay. For those of you that are listening in, actually, we do have, I think a guest has come through. So, sorry, somebody, a caller has come through. I might take that before I organise Jill, so we'll just move on with that. Hello, are you there? Hello? Hello, Hello? are you there? Yes, hello. What's your name? I'm Susan. I'm learning so much from listening to everybody. I never knew what happens to you from a narcissist. Oh, my goodness. And are you in a narcissistic relationship? Oh, no, no. Are you getting out of a relationship? No, no, no. Thank goodness, no. The first the husband was a sociopath, and the next person turned out to be a narcissist, which it was worse than my ex, if you can imagine, because I was fooled twice. So I yes. think that, but now I have a new person in my life, and it took me a long time to trust him because I could 
didn't understand it, why I was affected so much on the other person. Yes, yes. I guess yes, if you're pulled twice, if you're the twice, it was worse than the first. Because the first one was, you didn't know it. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I can't explain it, how the other person affected me. Maybe because I gave, I trusted him. I, gave, I told him everything about my ex. So it's like, whoa. <laughs> So much hearing. I'm hearing myself what other women have gone through. I've never heard these things mm. before. It's there amazing. is more out there that you could even imagine. It is it is an epidemic. And look, definitely the thing is, you know, when we're in it, uh, Susan, you know, we feel like we're the only person in it and that uh, you know, nobody goes through this and maybe it's my fault and maybe it's because it's me and that's why this is you know, but it is an epidemic, and narcissism does run to a very set criteria. It's uh, the things are spookily the same. They, they just it are. is. It doesn't matter their bodies or their. This guy was a fake guru songwriter. I mean, it was like I didn't like children, but I couldn't see it. I think that's what bothered mm-hmm. me the most is that I couldn't see this. My son, my son and my daughter saw that he was a fake and thought he was a pedophile. I couldn't see it because this is what happened with me. I don't know if this could ring true with you, is that I gave up too much information about my ex to help my son. He he wanted to know what I wanted out of life, and he became all of those things. He pretended the whole time, That's and not. I could. And he was a reiki master or whatever energy vampire on top of it. All of these things yeah. and deprogramming. I I didn't know what was happening. I was in a happy state, and I couldn't. I didn't get it. But your body yeah, yeah. acted differently. Did your body feel uneasy around him and you didn't understand or when you touched him you felt nothing? Definitely, definitely. You know, all of those things are very, very consistent. And narcissists actually enmesh very, very quickly. They're very good at reading people. They're mm. very good at gaining trust. And they're very, very good about infiltrating your psychic, emotional, physical space very, very quickly. <sighs> So, you know, really? all of that is really stock stand. Absolutely. But, Susan, what I'd really suggest to you, like now that you've got this fascination going, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, really go to go to my website, which is Melanie Tonya Evans, go onto the article pages and actually go onto any of the narcissism uh, pages there. There's a lot of information, but also, too, you can subscribe for free to my newsletter and there's two really uh, extensive two free e-books that you can get down there that are going to just really connect all the dots for you. I, I'm going so to do that. Can, uh, one other strange thing happened after this relationship. First of all, I was very thin when I was with this person. And I, became, I, didn't, I was floating. I didn't know I was going through malnutrition. But the thing is, I got water gain afterwards. Have you ever heard of a person body changing? And with my ex-husband, I didn't, my eyes changed. I had no light in them. So you physically, you could be affected by these people and not even know it. Well, absolutely, because once our emotional vibration starts getting out of true self, and what happens is the narcissistic experience pulls you out of foundation of yourself and pulls you away from your connection to life, source, and self. So whenever you're out of whack, things start going wrong, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, all sorts of things go down. So yes, the answer to that is definitely yes. All of really that all of those things. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. Mm. And not until you said these things. It, it, I mean, I, I couldn't get it. I, I just didn't understand it. 
Oh my goodness. Well, Susan, thank you for ringing in. Definitely yeah. go and, uh, and you know, bring for opening up everybody. I really thank you for that's a gift to me that you did this, and now I understand why I, this next person in my life I couldn't. Anything he said, anything that had any word that was like the other person used, I couldn't believe him. I never wanted to be controlled again. So I fought him every step of the way until I found out that his life was similar. And he knows about this illness. He knows about it. And what he, so I begin to trust him. But still, it's still very complicated, your mindset. Mm. It is an extreme experience in oh. every sense. And did you get addicted by this person too? Totally, and everybody <gasps> does. Really, everybody it wasn't does. just his music. It's oh my gosh! I thought it was yeah. It, it's like being a heroin addict. It is just. But go <gasps> to the information because I've got to move on with the yeah, next. Yeah, so you really so, get addicted yeah, like, a hair, like a drug. To the show. Thank you. Oh, totally. Oh, you're All right. Welcome. I'm going to continue listening. Thank you. Like a drug, it was. Okay. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi, Jill, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, good. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for Absolutely. coming Absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's lovely to talk again. We haven't actually talked for a little while. No, it's been no, a No, we haven't months. talked. Yeah. Yeah, no, it has been a little while, so it's lovely to, lovely to chat. And I thought that you'd be a really good example to bring on the show and... And you know, and Jill is a writer. She's you're you're an amazing girl. You know, it's been so much fun when we did the work together and stuff. But Jill, we'll get underway with this. So if you'd like to share with the listeners the details of your narcissistic experience, what you actually went through. Yes, absolutely. Um, what happened was I, I was at a very vulnerable time in my life. Um, I was coming out of a marriage that had been you know pretty unhappy for a while. I had my sister had just was just coming through cancer and a very close friend of mine had just been diagnosed with cancer. So I was really not in a strong place emotionally. And um, this guy sort of showed up like a knight in shining armor. He was the, the brother of a friend of mine and um, she introduced me to him and he, he was just like every, he was perfect. He was like everything that I, that he, he was, you know, attentive. He called me constantly. He would, you know, said he'd never met anyone like me, encouraged me in my creative cre- creativity. He was very supportive and caretaking. It was like he reached into my mind and um, pulled out, you know, exactly my sort of perfect fantasy man and then became that person. Um, and so I, you know, was sort of swept away. I call it the hit and run <laughs> relationship. Um I was, you know, very swept away by him, and um, after about two or three months, I I now in retrospect realized what was happening is I was starting to see kind of some cracks in the facade. The mask was starting to slip a little, and um, he suddenly just broke it off without warning. Hello, you there, Jill? Are you still there? I'm sorry, I just wanted to make sure you're still there. Yes, Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so, so he, he just, sort of yeah. suddenly broke so, it off without warning out of the blue, and he it was all, like, very bizarre. You know, all of a sudden he had doubts about whether we were right for each other, and his explanation didn't really make sense, and he wanted to take a break, and 
it was very it was very confusing and I did not see it coming at all. It, it was he had always been so certain I was totally the one and you know, blah blah blah. Same old story. And then um so so over the course of several months it, there was this kind of period of really mixed signals like you know we we were sort of were on this break and then I I you know at some point I contacted him and said you know what I, I think you're right we're not right for each other let's just move on and then I got this like intense poem about wanting to finish the dance and you know never having had this kind of connection before and so there was this kind of push me pull you for a period of months um and and because, I should pause to say that he didn't live in the same town as me, so he was a lot of this was hap- You know, we we weren't spending a huge amount of time together anyway, but there was this very intense kind of phone relationship. And then he would fly down on you know a moment's notice and take me out just to take me out to dinner, just to see me. And um, so after the sort of initial break, he started calling again, and was it got to the point where we were basically talking. I don't know, several times a week for hours at a time. He was, I, I then had this other tragedy kind of related to the friend that was diagnosed with cancer. Her husband committed suicide, um, and he was also a close friend of mine, and he was very present for me through that and was really supportive. And I, I can't really, it's like we, he, I felt like he just was part of me, um, but he wasn't like, you know, there was this kind of, he wasn't, he was sort of keeping it at a distance and um and I couldn't really figure out what was going on and I was sort of settling in for a friendship and then he 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 flew down he told me that he you know he, his big sort of confession was I I when we were apart I got back together with my old girlfriend I but I want to break it off because I I have such strong feelings for you and I know that I just panicked and I made a mistake but I need time to sort of disentangle they they were business in business together and I need to you know disentangle that but I'm like you know there's just something with you and it's so blah 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 and then I never saw him again <laughs> he just disappeared completely um, and I later found out that he had met a new girl that weekend and the I can't, the only reason I kind of figured any of this out is because I knew his sister and she was horrified and furious with him but you know I sort of would get glean little pieces of information so after a little Facebook stalking <laughs> I figured out I, fa- I figured out who she was and actually was able I actually ended up on a website on the Facebook page of like she had she I guess she was public and she had pictures posted and he was commenting on the pictures and he was saying all the same stuff to her that he had said to me exactly the same and it was so I almost vomited because of the realization that none of it ever had anything to do with me it was just what he does and um, it was devastating it was really uh, I can't even describe by then it had been about eight months of this person just infiltrating my psyche in a really profound way and um you know it, oh and i i also had a medical i was having all these medical problems physical problems which i now actually think were because of what was going on with him but i i had been told by a doctor that i needed to have a hysterectomy that that was the only solution 
at which you know I'm old. I'm, I've already had children, and but it, it still was like major surgery, and I and it, I was really frightened by that. And he, that was our last conversation was me saying the doctor wants me to make a decision by Monday, and then <laughs> that was it. I, he never called again to like you know even to see like if I was in the hospital or what was going on. So um, yeah. Awful. So that was Awful. it, you know, and I think in retrospect, I think what happened, I mean, I'm a pretty smart cookie and, uh, you know, I, I think, he, I think that I saw, I late, many, much later read my, reread my journal and realized that I, I was, there were a lot of red flags that I was spotting. I just really didn't want to see them, but I, they were causing me to sort of question why, like what, what was the disparity between this person I thought I knew and these actions that he would take periodically. And, um, he, he. I think he saw that you know he wasn't going to be able to sustain that fantasy with me, and he bolted. Um, but I didn't understand any of that at the time. It was like just completely. It was so confusing, and it was just complete abandonment. And the other thing was that it devastated me on a level that I could never have predicted or explained. I mean, I had no, this person had not been in my life for that long, and I literally just I. It was like complete devastation. It was like he yanked my, you know, all my all the cords out of me, and everything was unplugged. I just couldn't go on. Um, so, I mean, that that was sort of the actual relationship itself. I then commenced on, and, and I I was obsessive. I was ruminating about it. I, I it was so it got to be so bad. I just didn't want to go on. Um, you know, my physical health got even worse. Um. I, I had no confidence in my ability to judge people. I was checked out on my nine-year-old daughter. Um, I just was, I was a crumpled mess. And, I mean, still to this day, I, can, I don't know that I can really explain. I mean, I, it still sort of confounds me when I think back on it because I, I don't even know who that person was, but it was me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, well, thank goodness it's not you now. And that's consistent. That's how it feels. It, I lo- that expression you used, I've been unplugged. It is. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I, re- I remember that, I, you know, and I hear that all the time. And, and we all go through that same experience with narcissistic abuse. That I, I guess it's when you're in the fight, you know, it's horrific, it's revolting, it's disgusting, but, you know, you've still got a job to do. But when it ends or when, you know, you leave and the contact stops or it's it's like that plug gets pulled out of you and that's the aftershock and you sort of look at yourself and you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, well, I'm a shell. Who's, there's nothing there. There's, I was the shell. Yeah. That's the perfect description. It was like there was no, it was like everything that made me me was gone. And someone described it to me later as, and I really believe this to all of your listeners, anyone who's out there going through this right now, I think they're attracted to your light, you know, they, they, uh, it's in a weird way, it's flattering that they pick you because I think they see that there's something there that they want and, and they're drawn to it, but they're like vampires. And so they suck it out of you and then they leave and, you know, they leave with your light. And I, I just was, I was just a dark shell. So after that happened and you felt like that, like, what did you do? Did you do anything to try and recover at that stage initially? Oh, yeah. I was I, I was on a complete 
um, I went on an odyssey. You know, I um, I had I was already in therapy. I you know my background is I'm an attorney and I was raised by a doctor, Western you know medicine, and I I I very much you know was not sort of a spiritual person. I I was a very intellectual person, and I had been in therapy for a long time anyway because I struggled with depression and had other issues, and um. I, so I started with that, you know, and I, I, I was in regular sort of psychotherapy, and, I, and my therapist was trying to help me through it, and it was just not working at all. I mean, she just, uh, there's something very specific about narcissistic abuse that it's a very specific phenomenon, and she just wasn't getting it. I mean, she just wasn't getting the the depth of it, like that, you know, I, I felt crazy, and it didn't help to talk to her because I still felt crazy, <laughs> And um, yeah. so I, I tried a bunch of things. I went to uh, this week-long workshop at Esalen and Big Sur on, like, abandonment issues, and I freaking, you know, punched pillows and, <laughs> like what you know, and yeah. really tried to, like, get to the core. And that, the only thing that I really got out of that was that was the first place that the guy who ran the workshop was a, therapist and he was the first one that used the word narcissism with me i had sort of a private conversation with him towards the end of the week i just broke down because i could tell that it wasn't that i that it wasn't going to work and that i was by that point i was bleeding profusely um they wanted to do a hysterectomy i was like having my period basically all the time really really heavy and um uh, it was horrible. I mean, I could, you know, physically, I was like, I had to go. I couldn't be far away from a bathroom. You know, every hour, I had to go deal with it. And, um, it, I mean, it, which is sort of ironic and symbolic. You know, it's like my womanhood was just <laughs> draining out of me. Um, yes. And I, so I, so he said, it's a, he's a narcissist, and he said he has no empathy he had you know they they buy their own press so they're very persuasive and what he focused in on was what he had done to his sister he said i mean imagine like he can't even you know walk in her shoes for a minute and look at the position he put her in Uh, imagine him trying to walk in your shoes and that was really the first moment for me that i went like okay i'm dealing with someone who's not normal and so this bizarre behavior of his that doesn't make sense doesn't make sense because there's something really wrong with him. And then I started reading everything I could get my hands on about narcissism. I am now like a freaking expert. You know, I I literally have read every book. Name it, I've read it. So I, I, I you know, kind of got my mind around it intellectually, and I totally got what they do and how they do it and who they prey on and I, I completely got that intellectually. Like I, I really understood. I didn't feel crazy anymore because I was I had found people describing what I had gone through and, you know, I okay, this is a thing. This is what happened to me. I totally got it. But I couldn't but it wasn't making I couldn't get over it. It like I understood it but I was completely still stuck. And that gave rise to kind of this spiritual journey and I Oh my God! I mean, I was meditating, and I, I was attending the self-realization fellowship, which is this church kind of thing here yeah. that you know focuses on meditation and kind of creating your own connection with you know the bigger picture. And I was journaling. I I was doing the artist's way. I was trying to 
get in, you know, because that was one of the big things. I'm like a frustrated writer. I really am a lawyer, and I wanted to be more creative, and he kind of was the promise of that. And so I tried to kind of do that on my own. I was listening to Abraham. I was, you know, going to Marianne Williamson lectures. I mean, you name it, I was doing it. And they all helped in little ways. Like, you know, they were helping me get that there was something beyond the intellectual understanding and that my mind was not my friend in this situation. Um, and then because of all the physical issues, I ended up with an acupuncturist, you know, I, and, and, and other, some other energy healers. I mean, I, I, I really went far afield from what my sort of the way I was raised and what my experience was because that wasn't helping and I clearly needed something else. And, um, and the spiritual pursuits did really help a lot but there was still something I just couldn't disconnect from him it was like he was it was like I was a record and he was a scratch in it in it, like a like a groove in my energy field he just I couldn't get I couldn't like get over it and um I ended up and I was having all kinds of physical problems and I ended up in bed with this really bad infection and really incredible pain for about 10 days. I mean, just unbelievable pain. And I couldn't do anything because, you know, when you have to, when you're lying there and you're in so much pain and none of the meds were working or anything, and I, I couldn't read, I couldn't watch TV, I was just miserable. All I could do was just lie there and stare at the ceiling and think about how wretched my life was. And I have a cousin who has had similar experiences to me, and she was in town visiting and happened to mention something about love addiction or something she had read recently that she felt really captured kind of what her issue was and how she ended up in that situation, in these kind of situations. And I, so in my 10 days of misery in my room, I Googled love addiction and narcissism and somehow ended up on Melanie's page. I ended up on your website and I started reading what you had to say about, narcissism and keep in mind I had read 50 million things about narcissism and I I uh I ended up on your website and I started reading what you were writing and it was like I mean I just can't even describe it it was like I just knew that you could help me I knew that you totally got it and um so I sent you I don't know if you remember this I sent you an email and I basically, it was like late at night, I was totally at the end of my rope, and I sent this email to this woman in Australia, you know, I'm in California, this woman in Australia, because of some website, and I said, you know, I, I was raised by two narcissists, I've worked for narcissists, I, I, because once I started reading about it, I realized, like, I am I, I was, like, primed for this guy, because I had been really raised by people that caused me to really question my own perception and kind of buy into their, you know, masks. Yeah. And um and I said and in my email I said, you know, I've been left crumpled by the roadside by this relatively short relationship and I've spent I think it had been a year and a half by then trying to heal and understand why I'm so tormented. And all the, you know, and I said all the things I've tried, and I said I, I totally get, like from my spiritual pursuits, I totally get that I am creating this reality for myself, that I'm bringing about a story, that I'm attracting certain people. I, but no matter how hard I work, I can't turn the tide. I can't change it. I can't not see the world this way. And I just, I don't know what to do. And I 
I just remember I actually I said, please help me. I have a beautiful nine-year-old daughter, and I owe it to her to heal myself so that I can raise her to respect and love herself and not follow in my footsteps. You know, I, I felt like I was coming from generations, probably lifetimes, past lives of, you know, yeah. really screwed up stuff, and it just felt so yeah. hopeless. And the first moment of hope I had had was reading the website and reading about the you know the quantum healing that you do, and and then you reached out to me and and uh, that's when we started doing the work. Yeah, I remember that email. I do. I get hundreds of emails, but I do remember that email absolutely. And uh, yeah, and it was you know, and it was really you were very much about somebody that. I've tried everything, but I want this. I want to get out the other side, you know, and I knew you were ready. Absolutely. I was ready. So I was started, so ready. Oh, yeah, you were. So when we started doing that work, Jill, when we started doing the shifting and the corner freedom healing, how long did the relief take for you or, you know, how did you feel when we started doing that? It was so fast. It was, it was, almost immediate. I knew right after the first time that th- something really powerful was happening. It, I, I won't say that I felt, you know, that I, I certainly wasn't all better, but I just, I knew that like there, there I was onto something. You know, when you, when you study all that stuff, you know, because all of this spiritual stuff, it, they're all saying the same thing. They're just saying it differently and using different language. But Correct. The, the thing that they're all, you know, getting to the same core about is that how you feel and how you perceive the world is how you experience the world, and I totally get it. But I couldn't, sh- I couldn't change, I couldn't shift the way I felt. Like I really was the product of, you know, this life that I had lived and whatever has gone on in past lives, and it was just such a part of me. And I couldn't, like I understood it, and I was trying to do everything I could to shift it, but it's like. I, you know, there was this key that I just didn't have, and I just couldn't do it. And when I started doing the work with you, it was like I, it, and I almost feel like the things that have been really powerful to me in my spiritual pursuits are things that almost defy, like I, you can't really explain it in words. Like that's when I know like something really major is going on is when I, because I'm such a wordsmith, you know, and when I can't explain it, I know that like it's big. And it was it was like, this thing where I, I, I could feel a shift really deep inside me, so that I suddenly felt more optimistic about the world, and I felt like I could do anything, and I, fe- I felt that I could create. I felt like my creative power. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I felt that I could. Uh, I suddenly started seeing possibilities and um, uh, carving out a life for myself and making my life, you know, what I wanted it to be and not feeling like it was dependent on someone, you know, coming in and kind of bringing that to me, Um, the the knight in shining armor, you know. And um, so we, we did like three sessions, I think, and by the third one I was feeling so so much better that I said I want to do more and we did three more and by the end so by the end of that I had I was like a different person and really amazing stuff started happening in my life like I I had completely given up dating I didn't want to go out 
with I, I was like totally shut down because I didn't trust myself um, to, you know, I didn't trust my picker. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I'll totally just pick another one just like him. And um, so I, and I was really shut down and I was really uncomfortable. Like I, I was never, I, I kind of always, I never like really was comfortable with my flirty feminine side. I'd always kind of been in relationships and just sort of hidden in one, in, you know, consecutive monogamous relationships. And I and now I'm like, you know, the single woman that had to go out and flirt and like be a woman and, you know, figure out how to attract men and I mean, after just those few sessions with you, I I was like fighting them off with a stick. It was the weird I mean, I went from <laughs> there's no men out there. You know, there's no men out there. I don't find anybody attractive. I'm old. I'm just going to have to, you know, deal with Comp, you know, like I had a whole story in my head that in order for him to be good for me, he was going to have to be like not very good looking, <laughs> and I was going to not be very attracted to him. You know, I was going to have to compromise, and that you know, and that and then that would just be my life. And you know, if if I even found anyone, and it was like all of a sudden, everywhere I turned, there was you know some really good looking guy flirting with me. It was just wild. <laughs> It was wild. wild, and it was it was like I literally shifted my perspective, and all these guys that had been there all along, I suddenly could see them, you know? It, I mean, because I really believe, it's not like they suddenly were, it's not like they, it's not like they weren't there and then they were there. They were always there. I just wasn't engaged in the world in a way where I was seeing, you know, I, it, it's really hard to explain, but that's what it felt like. It's like they they suddenly became visible. And, and you know, so then I, yeah, I mean, and I really, it's it's exactly what I thought when I came to you and said, I get it, I get what needs to happen, I just don't know how to do it. And yes. after just a few sessions, it was like, oh my God, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and I don't even know how I'm doing it. I just see the world differently. Yeah, and you're vibrating differently, and then the world is responding to you differently, which is the crux of what this is all about. So, yeah, to get that shift in six weeks when you'd been struggling 18 months trying everything that you could. Oh, yeah. And I'm, and it wasn't just in, my, in, in romantic relationships. It was, I mean, that just was one area that just was hilarious how quickly I saw it. But, it, you know, just in life, I mean, just the shift to, like, what do I want to, you know, my career and my what I want to do with my life and how I want my home to look. And I started making all these changes and really creating, like, you know, like I had a vision of how I wanted my life and I started making it happen. It, you know, and, and, and the weird thing was, like, obstacles just started falling out of the way and, and things just started lining up. And I, I didn't even have to, like, do anything. It just started sort of, you know, all the stuff they talk about when you're sort of vibrating you know, in tune with yourself and and having sort of clarity and just being kind of having kind of a clean vibration that's not screwed up by, you know, all the other stuff. It's like you don't even, I mean, you know, people would just call me up and go, hey, you know, uh, I have this idea for a script, you know, and I was thinking you could work on it with me. You know, or like, hey, you know, I, I, I left my job and I was I was trying to figure out how to kind of create, you know, get some clients that I, you know, so I could sort of finance my writing, get some legal clients. And, you know, it, people would just all of a sudden someone would call me up and go, hey, you know, I, I'm thinking of starting a business and I, I need a lawyer. You know, like, and that's, like, I haven't even, you know, 
tried to market myself or done anything. It, it was just everything just started queuing up. It's so true. When you're at one with yourself, you're at one with life. And that's what I love about the narcissistic abuse experience. It's a make or break deal. To get out of it, you've got to come home to being at one with yourself. Then when you do that, you get all of this incredible benefit in life about this magical experience of being your own source, this powerhouse of vibration, the magic of what life is really meant to be about. So, you know, it's a quantum leap to look at it like this. And I've been there for a long, long time, is that we can all bag and, you know, and, and be mortified and horrified about narcissists and what they do. And on a human level, they're dogs. They are dogs. Mm-hmm. But when we look at the bigger picture, narcissists do a lot of people an enormously incredible service. You know, it's really interesting because when you're with them, they withhold everything you want. They purposely do not give you what you want because when they damage you, they get the malicious delight out of that. But inadvertently, when you do the healing and you recover and you do it vibrationally, they have given you the most incredible gift anybody ever could. And, you know, for a narcissist to know that, they'd want to slash their own throat. But it's like, thank you so Oh, Melanie, you know what's so I think, I don't know if you remember this, we we were about three sessions in, and it had been like, you know, two, a year and a half, two years, I hadn't had any contact at all with him, and uh, he he tried to contact me on Facebook, <laughs> he Facebook friended me, I mean, yeah. tried to, I didn't, I yep. ignored him, but it was like he, it was like he, it was like his, even though we weren't having any contact, there was still some sort of energy supply he was getting off me. And as soon as that connection got cut, he just, all of a sudden, it was like, where's Jill? What's going on with Jill? And he Absolutely. tried to reach out again. And I actually just saw his sister today, and she was telling me, oh, yeah, he was saying, I was, you know, telling him that you're doing really well. And he was saying, yeah, you know, she was really the one. <laughs> I was just yeah. Laughing. Yeah, right. I was the one. It's just because he, you know, because I'm unavailable now. All of a sudden, he wants, you know, that he wants that he wants to feed again. That's right. That's right. They do feel you disconnect. That is so spot on. Because narcissists are sort of like this freaky, Star Warsy sort of alien vampires. Energetically, oh, they really absolutely. are. And they really, they really, really are. They sense. I have been warned that when you finally disconnect they will show up. I, I had read about that. I had heard people talk about yeah. that. And I thought, no, the, there's no way he's, you know, slunk off like the dog he is and he's never going to have the nerve to show his face around me again. And and boom, one day I get a freaking friend request from him. <laughs> and you know you're healed when you when you just think it's funny, you know. Exactly. It's just like, it doesn't, you know, trigger you at all. It's just like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Oh, is that the universe we're in? Are we in a universe where we're friends? You know, where you didn't just abandon me in my time of need and just completely take me for a ride? I mean, it's, you know, it's hilarious. They're totally deluded. That's right. That's right. And the big, you know, the, the thing is we think that they're all powerful and and actually, when you disconnect and you come home to true, authentic power within yourself, you look to the outside and you see the truth. And you think, you know what? That is just so not my reality. 
oh my god empty angry distorted deranged emotional vampire that cannot create their own energy and has to suck people dry to get it you're kidding me that's just that's not where i'm at no you they have no they hold no interest for you i mean it's really he was went from being this all-powerful just enormous presence in my life to just being this little sort of pathetic man and by the way i you know i i I never normally talk to his sister about him because I it's, I just never wanted to know anything about him. Now I just I don't care one way or the other. But you know they lead miserable lives. I mean he's he's got all kinds of problems. His kids are so screwed up, and he's never you know he's back in the still in this relationship with the old girlfriend that he's never really going to be happy with, and he's always looking for that perfect love out there that you know I mean it's they, they really do lead sort of wretched existences. Um, but somehow, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that that's what I was all hung up on. It's, like, hard for me to even wrap my mind around now. That is so true. That is so true. Well, you're really where I'm at, you know, and a lot of people mm. were at. And I've only actually ever met people at this. I'm sure they're out there, people that haven't done vibrational healing, but I've seen so many people that access vibrational healing that get to that level that you don't care whether they make one cent, a million dollars, marry the most gorgeous woman on the world or fall off the end of the planet. It, it really, it's just mm-hmm. not your I mean, all, the only response I have is just a slight feeling of sad. I just feel sorry. For, you know, whatever woman is in his life, I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry for her. That's, that's brutal. But, you know, for but my, then again, for, for, you, you know, know. Yeah. But that's who. But you're right. You, but for this experience, incredible not, opportunity to yeah. get this gift and her empowerment. It really is. It is. I mean, it really, it opened up just a whole, you know, whole new worlds to me. It, the, I mean, I feel like I have grown light years out of this experience. I, I was so, I was so clueless before. I mean, I'm not saying I have it all wired. I still have all kinds of issues that I struggle with, and I'm st- I still need to kind of be on the alert because I think, you know, I, I worry still that a narc is going to get, you know, because they're good at their disguises. But I'm, you know, I'm better at spotting the red flags now. And that's why we've got to take our time. You know, that's why, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of my materials about that. We've got to take our time. We set boundaries. You can really effectively narc-proof yourself. That a narc just is not going to get through that, and it's not that you're unattainable and you're difficult and you know you're setting these really high hoops. Not at all. You're just respecting yourself, doing it respectfully, and really letting a man court you and step up and you know. And he knows that you're really saying, "Well, let's see if you're the right guy for me." No? Right. Right. And that's, and that's, absolutely, and that's the next part of your journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be gorgeous. Because, I mean, all you know, I had all these attractive guys pursuing me, but that doesn't mean they were the right ones. You know, there definitely were That's some exactly narcissists right. in that crowd. But I spotted him really quick, you know, first date, and it's like, yeah. he's not listening to me. He's not listening to me. He's just, he, he, he doesn't see me at all. He has a fantasy that I sort of fit. You know, I could really see yeah. it now. Yes. So what advice would you give to people that were where you were at? Call Melanie. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm not sorry for any of the other stuff I did. I think it all led me to that place in time where, you know, where, but I mean, when I call Melanie, 
seriously. It, when I went on your website and I started reading, it was like you were talking to me specifically. It, it just, it was, I just, it was like finally someone that absolutely gets it to a T. What he did to me, how it felt, how hard it was to just, you know, I, I could not just, I literally walked around for a year and a half obsessing on this guy. I mean, this freaking loser. <laughs> but, you know, he was larger than life to me. It was like, oh, my God, it was just, it was crazy. And it, I felt that I had been, it was like I was, they're like vampires. He glamored me, you know. I was under a spell. Yeah. I was under a spell, and it's he, like, like, like grabbed my soul. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, and it is. And it's like they grab your soul when they capture it, and you've got to extract it out. You've got to get it out, and you've got to get it back it to you. It was soul retrieval. It was soul retrieval that I had to do. It was like he had taken huge parts of me, and I had to get him back. That's right. And that's why the narcissistic experience is not a contemporary experience. And it is not contemporary solutions that make the difference. They're really not, yeah. you know. And a lot of people say, well, you know, maybe that's not for me, maybe that's not for me. But, you know, we're all vibrational beings. We're all going through this soul disintegration phenomena of narcissistic abuse and just trying to deal with it through your head and the information and therapy on that level doesn't cut it. Well, and re- I mean, uh, the one thing that was really surprising to me was the number of therapists and people that, you know, deal with narcissists and know what a narcissist is, but don't really get what it is to really be victimized by a narcissist. I mean, it's in, until you've been through it or you really understand kind of the spiritual level that it goes on at, yeah. you really, you know, I mean, you, somebody that that hasn't been through it and doesn't really understand that can sit there and describe a narcissist to you until you're blue in the face. It's it's not going to help you get your soul back. No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, and as I was saying in one of the earlier interviews, you know, I spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of energy in therapy with with uh, the best of the best, you know, and I yeah. still didn't get there. I just didn't. I was I, I never was going to get there that way. I wasn't, and I no. and I worked with other healers that really did help me, but the the kind of healing that you do and the way you know and it, and it was really I mean it's it's you know it's just different from anything else and it it's just uh, you know I I mean we would do that you know we would start off and I'd be talking about how I was feeling in with this guy and in this situation and then I would end up you know eight years old with my dad or I don't know if you remember I had that one moment where I was it was like it, I was you know it was hundreds of years ago and I was standing like in a you know hut on the English countryside in a little <laughs> I had a yeah. moment where I was like I it was like another life I can't you know I don't make any sense I don't even try to make sense of any of that intellectually but I but it was there was I mean it was happening to me emotionally like I it I really yeah. got like deep and and shifted things that were really, really, really under the. And it's just, it's not an intellectual endeavor. That's right. It's not. It's so I mean, just, it's not going... about understanding it, you know, intellectually at all. That's right. There is so much going on that we only see a glimpse of what is actually really going on within us. So when we really, really, really get to the deeper stuff, and I mean, yeah. I've been doing that for a long time now and that's just my everyday reality now. It's a bit like the Matrix 
we think this is it. And then when we go underneath it and see what it really is, it's like, wow, that's why. And that's what this healing does. It just gets to that level. And, you know, I feel so uh, blessed and fortunate that, you know, it just sort of happened to me. I just sort of worked it out. You know, I was meant to. But, um, Jill, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been an absolute delight. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm more than happy to share my experience with anyone out there that it could help. It, it really was, uh, it was horrible. The worst part about it, by far, was feeling crazy. It, it, I, you know, just feeling crazy and no one really understanding, and and to to find your website and feel like someone gets it. Um, oh God, I mean, that was just. It was like I'm saved. Well, you definitely are now. You're, uh, you know, you're in true self. And like you said, you know, we've still got issues. It's not like we're all of a sudden these perfect aligned beings. It's an ongoing process. Oh, it totally is. But I more, mean, I, I haven't, I can't see yeah. a date that I had tomorrow with a guy because I was like, who are you kidding? He's a total freaking narcissist. But he's really hot. <laughs> and I was just like giving in to the, you know, it was like he's really, really good looking and I'm really attracted to him, which probably right there is not a good sign. <laughs> and it was like, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing, Jill? I mean, come on. You know, it's like an ongoing, I mean, it's. <laughs> Just because you get it doesn't mean you're not vulnerable, you know. But you of get course, it. So you of course, go, we're still you know. human. Yeah, we're still human, but we have more awareness, more consciousness, and we listen to our inner truth more, and we line up with that. Because in life shows us when we don't listen to that, and we step outside of that, and try and rationalise it away, life beats us up. Yes. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, it's not like you're perfectly healed. I mean, you're still always going to have those struggles, but you're just, you just get that connection to your true self that, that makes you all the, like, red, like, you know, I, I, I wanted to go on this date. I really wanted to, but it was like, you know, sirens going off in my head. And I just finally, it was like, all right, all right. Okay, I hear it. (laughs) Well, you know, isn't that a horrible situation you're in? All these hot, gorgeous men. (laughs) What? No, it's so hard to be me right now. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> but, you know, the good thing is now you're the chooser and you're able to listen to yourself and, you know, and a little bit more under your belt too about really, really getting that very, very straight. You know, I had the same experience when I recovered and then got out dating. It was like, oh, my goodness, I just felt like this. You know, it was just the most incredible uh, self-esteem boost to have all of these eligible, wealthy, great men, you know, wanting to date me and really, really trying really hard. And, and then, you know, we, go, we get back to that old-fashioned thing about women being the choosers and choosing consciously and suitors stepping up. And, you know, and I, I mean, that's how I've got my gorgeous man, Dale, now. He, you know, he was a suitor that really stepped up with all of the all of the things that aligned with my truth. And uh, I've got a beautiful relationship now, which is just nothing like the past dysfunctional, painful, disappointing, and then ultimately, you know, the, the, the narcissistic monster. It's None of it's like that. And it is because my inner changed. And the inner change is vibrational. That's, and then your mind just follows. There's no battles anymore. You know, yep, it's, it just makes it easy. Yeah. So thank you, Jill, for coming on. 
we're nearly out of time and um lovely to talk to you and I really think you know I think you're um I think you you're going to inspire a lot of people with what you've said it's uh it's great and it's great to get it in such so. an I mean if I can way. even help yeah just even you know uh, even one or two people if that are where I was 2 years ago oh, hold on because they're really uh, you can get through it but man you just I was so hopeless I was so hopeless at the time yeah, well, that's not the deal today. That's a memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Dar. Well, you have a lovely night, and thank you so much for your time and sharing. Absolutely. Thank you, Melanie. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Well, I hope you've really enjoyed the show. Uh, I know that there's been a few people that have been trying to call in, and I'm so sorry I haven't taken the calls yet, but I definitely will. Actually, no, I'm nearly out of time. I'm sorry I can't, but if you'd like any more information, please email me. You can email me at melanie, which is M-E-L-A-N-I-E, at melanie again, Tonia, T-O-N-I-A, Evans, E-V-A-N-S, dot com. You can email me, um, find out more about the vibration. Hello, everybody. I'm sorry I got cut off. I know that uh, there's a lot of storms and rain in the in uh, the U.S. at the moment, and maybe that was the reason that actually hasn't happened before. But as I was saying, if you want to uh, find out more about vibrational healing, please email me. You can also go on the website, which is melanietoniaevans.com. If you go under healing programs, you'll see... Quanta Freedom Healing, you'll also see the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, which has Quanta Freedom Healing MP3 sessions in it. And these are the processes that these ladies and thousands of other people from all over the world are using to recover from narcissistic abuse. And please know, with the programs and my healings, you have a full money-back guarantee that if you don't get the results. So you've heard the results of these ladies, And this can be you. This so can be you. And I really want you to know that, that you do not have to stay in this suffering, this agony indefinitely. You can shift it. And that's my mission. That's what I do. That's what I do is, is save people's lives, how I've saved my own life. So please contact me and lots of love, everybody, and have a great day or a great evening. Bye-bye.